0: Big footy blues, big footy blues, big footy blues, can't a big footy blues. And we're back again, this time for Episode 8 of the 2015 Patrick Cripps Podcast. <laughs> sorry, sorry I, should, I should read Big Footy Blues Podcast. It's just that young Patrick Cripps is the talk of the Carlton Town at the moment after a breakout performance on the weekend. Anyway, that's enough talking about Cripps from me. Let me introduce our panel so that they can talk about Cripps. Um, Shan Dog is on deck. Cripps. Cripps. <laughs> Rising stuff. <laughs> our foreign correspondent, Mevy, is here. Hello. And trying grimly to hang on as things are getting very squeezy on there. It's the president of the Patrick <laughs> Cripps bandwagon, HBF.
1: His uh, performance was choice, bro.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that wasn't good.
0: Uh, well, yeah, let's uh, let this go straight into the first segment uh, so that we can talk more about Cripps. Uh, it's time for The Weekend Wake. So on Saturday in New Zealand, St Kilda, 12, 9, 81, went down to our beloved Blue Baggers, 18, 13, 121. <laughs> Goals for Carlton, Henderson, 5, Bell, 4, Gibbs, 2, Everett, 2, singles to Jones, Allard, Cripps, Tui, Armfield. Uh, Named in the best for Carlton were Murphy, Cripps, Henderson, Bell, Tui, Everett, and Walker. And um, uh, Tut uh, was replaced uh, before the game by Matthew Dick, who started as a sub. Uh, Other injuries. um, uh, Allard injured his nose, and uh, Buckley had a cork thigh. Um, Who wants to start off? Oh look, I'll
1: start. (laughs) Uh, Look, it was an interesting game to go and watch live in New Zealand. Um, Even just walking to the ground, there was so many people that did what uh, maybe and I did was that just flew in for the game. I I doubt there would have been you know two hundred Kiwis actually there, but. Got in, had a look around, nice little stadium. Uh, looks a bit like Eddie had, actually, just with no roof. First quarter was a real shambles. I just I was thinking about walking out, to be honest. But thankfully, I stayed and, and saw a, a pretty good fight back. Um, Mick gave them the biggest roast um, at quarter time. He just dragged them straight in. Uh, the line coaches didn't really get anywhere near him until you know, right at the end of the quarter time break. So obviously, what he said must have worked. And um, I think we saw... Um, what we can probably expect from Patrick Cripps for a long time I hope his game was amazing just the way he ran and ran and ran and you know looking at him after the game he was exhausted Um, I can't remember the stats he had I'm sure one of you guys will know but um, just an amazing game I think he's really sort of announced himself as a a real future leader of the club and you know a really good player that I think we all hoped he would grow into like a a Josh Kennedy or or a Joe Watson and I think we can really see that emerging and what is he just turned 19. So really happy that I saw that game live. Yeah, well, it was a good one
0: to see. Just uh, on those stats, 33 disposals, 23 contested possessions. I think uh, Murphy had 24, but um, somebody said um, Murphy's 24 was the highest from a Carlton player uh, since I think Judd might have had 25 um, a couple of years back. But it's it's been a fair while, so 23 contested possessions is immense. Mm. Um, 11 tackles with that so he wasn't just winning the ball he was tackling and tackling harder than I've seen a Carlton player in a long time Uh, 8 clearances
1: um,
0: just he pretty much did it all
1: and a hit out I think what I what I I, I love about him is just the composure he shows for someone who has only played what 6 or 7 games and who's just turned 19 he looks like he's been playing the game for 3 or 4 years it's just he just seems to understand the game around him and just He seems to make a lot of right decisions. So, you know, Shane Rogers gets bagged constantly on on the board, but I think he's got this one dead right, getting crips when he did.
3: You know you've had a good game when there's only one zero in the entire advanced stats column on the AFL website, and that's uh, bounces.
1: Although well, actually he nope. had zero
3: behinds too, and
0: if he hadn't a shanked shot a shot at goal so badly <laughs> he would have probably had a behind there as well. <laughs> no, no, I think we just we we're talking before the podcast started about a about him pushing a St. Kilda player off the ball, and I'm pretty sure that guy bounced. <laughs> yeah, he did too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he wondered what hit him to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was um yeah, Cripps
3: had a obviously a massive gain, but it was uh really good to see Murph have such a good one as well. Yep. He worked his way into it quite well and, and put his head over the ball and won a lot of contested possession obviously. So those two guys working in there, that was brilliant. a um, lot of lot of the senior players sort of stepped up a little bit again. Bryce Gibbs was a bit quiet, but look, great win over over the Saints, but it's great to get that win. Yeah.
2: I think in all the Crips love though, people have overlooked someone like Tom Bell's improvement. He kicked four goals, but it wasn't just his goals. Like There was one point where he did a, just a normal kick, whatever, but he actually hit someone on the chest, not their ankles or their head. Um, and I know that doesn't sound like anything to get too excited about, but it is Tom Bell we're talking about. And I don't think he got caught holding the ball once. And his improvement from, from some of the performances that he had last year to the one that he had on Saturday, his second half was really, really good.
3: Yeah, it definitely was. And 100% disposal efficiency for Bell.
0: What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> Six, 16 disposals, 10 of those were contested, and he still had 100% efficiency. That's not a normal Tommy Bell uh, game. So, uh, and, uh, and you say people weren't giving him credit during the game. Um, I, I ran out of superlatives and uh, stupid things to say on the, on the uh, match thread uh, regarding Bell's goals. I just oh, couldn't believe that he was...
2: <laughs> yeah, I just think it's important to remember that while Cripps was fantastic, HBF isn't going to like me saying this, he wasn't the only one out there. so <laughs> he, he, um, he wasn't. He, he um, definitely wasn't. And even Hendo found some form and kicked five goals, and here's me saying well, you need to put him down back. Obviously, there's a reason why I don't work for the football club. Or um, me. <laughs> yeah, I think quite a few of us are saying it, so I don't feel too stupid. But there were quite a few players who, okay, if we write off the first quarter and maybe half of the second quarter, um, then, you know, there were a few performances that surprised and delighted me.
0: Absolutely. I-, I want to give credit to Dylan Buckley for providing a lot of run and drive. Just the 16 possessions, but he... He knows. He, he, he knows where players are. He knows how to uh, find players in the open. So, just those um, those handballs into the corridor and stuff like that to players on the run. Uh, he's picking up the runners and he doesn't. He doesn't well. He's just got a good head on his shoulders. And um, I don't know why he wasn't in the side before, but he should, should be staying there.
2: Totally. I think even having Beau Cost as well. He, I mean, you could tell that he tired after you know two and a half three quarters but having him and Buckley in the side just gave us something that we've been missing for the last three weeks and that's yeah. like a little bit of zip and a little bit of um en-
0: energy and enthusiasm and yeah enthusiasm.
2: absolutely yeah. and I just think you know this is what we've wanted this year we've been saying play the kids and obviously we don't want to play them when it's unwarranted but how exciting is it when they do well
3: yeah it was a good good debut for, for to, to come in and have an impact was is, is all you really want in your first game, and he did, so that was good. He definitely faded out a little bit, but um, ticking the box for him, great start. Yeah,
1: Bocos uh, did that last week against um, Williamstown. He was barely sighted in that last quarter, so I don't think him tiring was was really unexpected. What, one passage of play that I really wanted to mention was in the first quarter that ended up having that shot that Everett had on goal, which was later reversed to a point. Bocus basically started that on the back flank and then he ended up running what was probably 80 or 90 metres to deliver the ball to Everett. So just that, I suppose, that game awareness for him to really get involved and, and really run hard was really something that I think a lot of us wanted to see. So I think he can only get better as well, which was a good sign.
2: But um, even the supporters sitting around us, they were all sort of murmuring about Bo and I sort of assume that not everybody is obsessed with Carlton as we are spending the majority of our day posting things like, yay, Crips, with 50 exclamation points. <laughs> Even they were saying, you know, that he just looked, he looked so composed under pressure and it's such a nice change from the players that we had last year, say, for example, Mitch Robinson, who would just bang it on the boot and just cross his fingers and hope it went somewhere. He... Takes he takes the time to make the right decision but he still doesn't look like he's about to get caught. He just looks really calm and collected.
0: It's such a relief to have finally found one. All yeah. the crap where we were you know, about our recruiting and our development. And you see a player, six game player, come out and do something like that. But we, we we see it all the time with other teams and we go and where a new player shines and you can see that it's gonna be a good one and you're thinking when are we you know when are we going to get one that looks like a standout star that they're actually going to become elite um, and um, it just seems like whether our development's been down or not Cripps uh, has developed himself pretty um, much what he has he's, he's gone out and worked on his efficiencies in his own time mm. uh, and he's really driven and that can only be good for our club to actually sort of raise the bar and uh it's just, I don't know, I, don't, I know we're carrying on about him a lot this week and, you know, he, he is officially the, uh, the Rising Star nomination for the, for the week in what has been a big week for rising, you know, for candidates. But um, we, we bang on about him. That's because we haven't had a lot else to bang on about as far as, you know, we, we have players who just who look good in their early games and, you, and you're hopeful, you know. Lucas Kane Lucas looked good in his early games and we were hopeful. But we've never seen a new player not for a long, long time we've seen a player that six games into their career who's actually stood out and been elite on the day.
2: I think he sets a really good example as well for everyone on the team, not just the younger kids, but he went in the off-season and worked on his deficiencies. He didn't wait for us to hire someone to help him work on it, Hmm. and I think that's really important. It's like even in the workplace, when you've got someone who's a really good, got a great work ethic and, and all that sort of thing, it sort of lifts the whole team up. So hopefully that will happen... At Carlton, and people will look at Crips and say that's the standard that we want.
0: What do we read into the first quarter?
2: <laughs> it was awful. It was, it
0: was the it was the worst quarter I've seen Carlton play in a, in a long time, and we've seen some bad ones.
2: It was actually uh, embarrassing. Like it was laughable. It was that embarrassing that the, none of the handballs hit targets. Their kicking was atrocious. I can't even count how many marks were dropped, like just missed completely. It was. I don't
1: know. It was awful. Could we just put it down at just one of those quarters? I mean, I'm not defending them, but the the well, turnaround was quite stark. I mean, it was a. I think St Kilda's biggest lead was 26 points. So we turned it around by 66 points, which is a fair effort. I'm just I'm just wondering if they thought, well, you know, it's St Kilda, go through the motions a bit. It'll would you know we'll just turn up four points. It might have just been been that I hope not because aren't we over that sort of thinking this team have got
0: no right to expect anything
1: oh, I completely agree I'm just I, I just don't know how you can how you can change the yeah. way we did in like say a half a footy yeah so I'm just, I just think there might have been a bit of you know a bit of complacency set in that's the only thing I can think of because we were horrible in that first quarter
3: I'm not sure it was complacency I think it might have been and they've talked about it during the week, some of the plays and the interviews and things, that have, and even the, the the presser after the match. They said they were over-possessing the ball in the first quarter, and I think that was, if anything, driven by um, not a fear of failure, but nervousness about wanting to get off to a good start, don't want to turn over the ball, we don't want to make a mistake, keep trying to hit these targets with these handballs that just weren't on um, because they wanted to make sure they didn't get caught with the ball and these sort of things. And, and it's when, as you uh, uh, have said, HBF on the forums, Mick gave them a massive spray at quarter time. Um, I think it was a uh, stop playing around with the ball and do what your job is and that's to move yep. it on um, in, in, the way that our plan is. And once they went back to that, then it was like a different side out there again. So I, I think it wasn't complacency. I think it was... Being nervous about getting off to a good start or, or something like that.
2: And I think that's what happens when Casbolt goes for a, a set shot at goal, right? Like he stands there and him, and you can almost see him going, don't stuff this up, don't stuff this up, you've got to kick a goal. And then he just overthinks it so much that um, it just goes almost backwards over his own head. Mm. So, it's you know, it's probably the same sort of principle. They were all week, they've copped it. Oh, uh, you know as they're probably not even going to beat the saints it's the battle for the wooden spoon it's the bailey rice cup all this sort <laughs> of stuff um and that you know it's probably really hard to just close all that noise off and play football
0: um Kasbold copped a fair bit on the forums of this you know, again you know if you can't get the basic skills right then then get get rid of them they shouldn't be playing anymore um i i, I still maintain it, it <clears throat> four contested marks He's by far and away the best contestant mark in our side one of the best contestant marks in the AFL um, I'm prepared to let save rocker you know have some time with him and and even if it means that Caswell um, plays more as the second ruck and up the ground where he's not actually going to be stuffing up shots of coal I, I still think it's important to have him in the side or just at least at least for the value he brings in crashing packs and um, and bringing others into the game that way um, because quite Taking frankly a
3: defender yeah
0: well look Liam Jones is un, will be pretty underwhelming without Casbol there. Mm. He's pretty underwhelming now at the moment. He's struggling. Mm. So
2: I have very little patience for Casbol, and it's simply because he's paid to kick goals and he can't do it. Um, he, I think he kicked zero four. Like It's just not a good return. You can't dress it up any other way. It is not what you want from a forward. But there were a few occasions where he was in our defensive 50 and he crashed a pack and he took a mark and he kicked it out to our advantage. So I don't know why they don't experiment with throwing him down back. I know people say, "Eh," as if you want him kicking out of the defensive, blah, 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 but he actually – did it well. There was nothing wrong with what he was doing there. He can kick field kicks, no problem.
3: Just to get the uh, blood boiling a little bit more, maybe he didn't actually register a score, and he had uh, at least two that I can remember shots <laughs> yeah. on goal. Exactly. <laughs> Both went exactly. out on the full, one to the left and one to the right. <laughs> so. You
2: know what? He can get stuck.
0: <laughs> he wishes he kicked for four. Two more of those, and he's got a goal. <laughs> <laughs>
2: From them, but my point still stands.
3: Yeah, it does, and I think um, I think once Cruiser is ready to go and comes into the side, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him replace Casbolt if the other two forwards are still in form, because that's. What Cruiser can do is actually kick the ball when, when he does take a mark in the forward. He's probably not going to take as many as Casbolt because Casbolt is is elite at it. Maybe we'll see Cruiser and Cas sharing the load and maybe get Kaz more into the ruck, like you've suggested as well. But if I was Casbolt, I'd be very worried about Cruiser um, coming in and taking my spot unless I started kicking goals. He's only I'm a not
2: week away. Breath with Cruiser, and I know that's probably not a good thing to say, but I just don't want to get excited about him coming back because we've had so many false dawns with him. Mm. So I just. To me, he's like an added extra when he does come back and I don't kind of factor him in at the moment because who knows?
3: Yeah, He's starting to get close though. He's getting close. Yeah, Yeah, but he was
2: close last year and then he got freaking gastro. So, Mm. I mean, none of it's within his control. So, don't for a second think that I'm saying that, but surely he'll come back through the VFL for a start. When's the last time he played football? So, I think it's going to be more than the one to two weeks or whatever it is that is currently on the website.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be about a month before we see him probably.
1: I agree, and and I think there's um, a chance he could play this week. Um, I think maybe you and I are going to go down to Sandringham and watch the Northern yep. Blues on Sunday. So I'm I'm actually hoping that the big fella will will run out. I'd love to see him play again. It might be a bit chilly down there. Maybe so pack your thermals. Um, but yeah, no, it's um it's uh, be exciting if he does um if he does play this weekend.
0: Um, one final thing on this match, since it's been talked about on the boards a bit, um, uh, Bryce Gibbs. Kicked a goal uh, after seemingly refusing to shepherd for Patrick Cripps, who had the ball. Is that the way you saw
2: it? Nah, to me, I saw it as the the better goal kicker out of the two should kick the goal. So yeah. I don't I don't see anything wrong with it. I understand other people are sort of using it to point to the the notion that Gibbs isn't working hard enough. But I mean, if you had the choice, who would you want kicking the goal, Gibbs or Cripps?
0: Oh, I agree, I agree I agree with that I mean, he was always the better chance to kick the goal Cripps isn't a long kick And um, he's not that penetrating with his kicking yet um, So but it was just—it was just the appearances on the field. And look you know, people say it looked like Cripps was actually waving him into Shepherd. I'm not sure if that's what he was doing, or they were just sort of trying to set up all the positioning. I'm not sure.
3: I think he was. Um, Cripps has just taken possession, had a look around left and right, and and seen Gibbs there, waved him into to, Shepherd. But I think Gibbs had already looked ahead, realised that they were clear for the next 15 meters, and he could take a shot. So he said, yeah. "No, no, give me the ball, I'll do it." And that's what you want your leaders to do.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. His, that's the vice captain's job, isn't it?
0: Yeah. More than happy with yeah. that decision. Mind yeah. you, if, if he missed. Oh, yeah. If he missed, people <laughs> would have. Yeah. Sliding, sliding doors, you'd never get over that. Yeah, be, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
2: Murdering him. That's right.
0: It's <laughs> that, that, just, just the way it goes. It's a game of inches, isn't it? Um, look, let's just quickly move on to a brief uh, pre-game pet talk. Game pep talk. So Friday, seven fifty at the MCG, Carlton take on Collingwood, uh, traditional rivals uh, in a big game. Collingwood have come off uh, Anzac Day win against Essendon. Do we see any possible ins or outs for Carlton?
2: Depends how Allard pulls up, I suppose, after his head clash.
0: There's got to be
2: um concussion or.
3: I don't know about concussion. Um, we haven't notable, heard the injury list yet, though, so it might
0: come out that he's broken his nose or something like that. He was yeah, pretty,
2: it looked pretty blah yeah, Yeah,
0: it did. Yeah, it is a bit. Yeah, it was a nose. Um, I mean, Menzel's available again?
3: Yeah, Men's and Judd, if they're good to go, you, you'd almost... I mean, of course they'd come in, really.
0: Yeah, they're, saying, they're suggesting Judd will be right, so... He actually declared himself right on the news yeah. tonight, so... And uh, Judd coming in probably means that Wiley has to wait again,
2: which is a shame because I'm dying to see Wiley out there. After seeing him in the VFL, he just—I just got pumped about him. I just want to get around him all the time and just uh, not just because of his luscious locks; they help.
0: <laughs>
2: but, but he's another <laughs> exciting player. And but obviously, Judd. I-
0: I mean, I, I I could see five changes. that It's not going to happen as a winning side, and they'll probably make one or two changes in, uh, at the max. But I could see five changes that I think would probably improve our side right now, the way we're, we're travelling. Um, you know, Menzel in, um, Jackson, and maybe Jones or caseball to miss. Um, you know, throw it around that way. Um, Wiley in, Graham in, and obviously Judd back in, and, and I'd see Kuno and Karate missing, quite frankly, because I think they need... Uh, they need a bit of a spur and I, I think it's no coincidence that we brought in some pace into that side and some youthful exuberance and uh, they're the ones that led the way and really Kuno and Corazzo had really done a lot and I think it just showcases that having those negating type players who are a bit one-paced was hurting us the first three weeks and that's what, as we all
2: suspected. I have a question. What does Jones bring that we think Jack wouldn't? Because I can't have Jones. I just cannot have him. Oh look to me
1: I, I think I think Jack is just a better player and I, I would I would have him in over Jones any day of the week. Uh, I, I think it's a fairly simple answer. Jones out and Jack, Jack comes in.
3: That Jones is a bigger body and, and probably has a better bigger presence as a forward. But then again, Jack's can, can play down back quite you know, quite easily and not look out yep. of place there. So it's it's a really good question. If if he if Jones or Casbol or are the the match committee and the coach aren't happy with their performance, um, and they do decide to drop one of them, then then that's quite easily a solution to that is to bring in. But we do have there are a lot of questions and fair enough over uh maybe our boy Sam Rowe. He hasn't been playing that well. So, you know, if, maybe if they decide to go down that route. Um, and, and Jamison as well has got an injury clear. So it's still going to be interesting to see um, if any of our key defenders in, in Roe and Jamison get dropped. And it'll pretty much guarantee that Jax comes in. In fact, you know, ha- having said that, Roe, Jamison not playing great, um, Jones and Casbolt not playing great. You'd almost bet your house that Jax is going to come in. It's just for who is the question, really.
2: Well, Roe was vomiting um, on Saturday. So I don't know if he's lost a whole heap of fitness space or because I didn't see that, I didn't think he was particularly run ragged like Revolt did to Jamo a few years ago. I thought it was just a normal game that he wasn't playing particularly well, but he was throwing up. So don't know. But interesting as well, Watson kicked three in the VFL on the weekend. Is anybody keen or should we just let him? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah
0: I I look, I, I think he'd be worth a shot over Jones at the moment, purely because he only needs to get the ball a couple of times and he's probably going to kick those goals. And Jones Jones kicking isn't that much better than, than Levi's, quite frankly, at the moment. Mm. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll stick up. Rowe is out of form and I've been looking at him as being one that could go out of the side, but I'll stick up for him here in that he has versatility. He can go on the ruck. He can play, play down back. He can go forward, kick a goal, and he's a good kick. Mm. Um, so um, if Jax comes into the side, Jax is also a good kick and Jax loves to play forward. Uh, he's played for him right. before, He's played, so i mean he's and he's and he's, a, he's a pretty good contestant mark he 's got long arms and he, and, he, and he really meets the ball at his highest mark and um, I, I i think both those guys if if we need to be able to change the side around because we can 't rely on Gemmo. he, he seems <laughs> injured from quarter to quarter and then back on again when you think he's gone and you know it's, it's a bit it's a bit of a worry but um having a player like row if you have jack and row in the side. Uh, as a a bit of backup one of them playing forward, rather than have to send him back back all the time to cover for a Jamo injury. Yeah. You just send the other you send Roe or Jack or Jack back. Yeah. That sounds and, good. And, and Jones just doesn't have that versatility. It's forward or bust. Right.
3: Mm. The Collingwood back line, just thinking about who are actually playing, the Collingwood back line, their key defenders aren't particularly big. None of them, I not they none of them are as big as Sam Rowe, who we probably want out there to take cloak. Um to at least initially um so we can we could probably get away with having jack as as a forward even though he is what people would consider a little bit undersized at the moment
1: i think even just what we were discussing previously about watson i mean he can also go back as well so um you know there's we've got so many tools that can play at both end of the ground uh, or you know in casbolt's case he can play in the ruck it's really only jones that you know, he's stuck as a forward. I mean, even Jamo, who we've trialed as a as a forward from time to time. So, yeah, look, I, I'm really keen on Watson to come in. Might be nice to have James. a left
3: footer up forward too.
1: Oh, look, why not? I mean, he, he kicks the ball 55 metres and you know probably um, he's going to kick it more times than he won't. So, he will take the third defender if Kasbold and Henderson play. So, um, you know, they've got Brown and, and Frost as their two tall backs, but I'm not sure who their third tall back is off the top of my head. So... We could quite, we could actually get a mismatch there on Friday night. Um, and it is going to be a really nice day in Melbourne, so it should be dry and and quite a quick game.
2: I think we're going to do it. I just have this feeling that we're just going to be high off the win. We're going to be trying to win it for Mick, and he's like, I know it's not about wins and losses. His his the record that he's breaking, but I think it would be you know something that they would want to honour him with, and I, I think we've got the motivation and. I think we can do it.
3: Yeah, I got a good feeling too, maybe. I'm feeling Yeah. It.
2: My only issue is that bloody Elliot plays yeah. like he's a Brownlow medalist whenever we play Collingwood.
0: well I was thinking about matchups and I'm thinking Doherty, um, probably on Elliot. Um it's good to have somebody with a bit of steel that can that can play back and um, you know, read the play really well. So I mean I, I would I would have been okay with um uh, say Karen Byrne, if he was available, but um, but Doherty would probably have the professionalism and the, uh, and the the attitude to to stick with him and uh, nullify him. So um, who do we think um, Seedsman uh, got the uh, got the medal for the NZ Day game? Who do we think should we should we run with him? Somebody like an Army maybe?
1: Uh, that's that's definitely a possibility. I mean, he's certainly got the speed to to go with Seedsman. So that, I think that could actually be quite a good matchup. Anybody else? Do we
0: tag Pendlebury Swan, or we just start going head to head with some of these guys? Um, Yeah, that's a hard one.
1: I think if Kurnow and Karate play, which I don't really want, I think at least one of them has to go to Pendlebury Swan's back to that form where he's almost untaggable. So it's really hard with Collingwood because you've got to clamp down on one of them. So I guess that's going to be what they're planning or be be this week. Yeah. All right.
0: uh, Predictions.
1: Carlton by 11 points. I'll say uh, Carlton by uh, 15 points and Hendo to kick four.
2: Ooh. I'm I'm gonna... How many is kicking? kicking?
1: Uh, he'll kick not seven. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if that happened? Oh, the boards, the meltdowns. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> I'm going to go Carlton and uh, by eight goals. Because uh, I Damn.
2: called I called
3: ten against the Saints and it was eight, so you know I'll, I'll, I'll just bring it down a little. goes.
2: breaks my friend.
3: Yeah, that's
0: forty-eight points, maybe. Yep, and Henderson will kick six. Hey. Come by however many contested possessions Patrick Cripps gets. Oh, good call. Nice.
2: Goals <laughs> <laughs> or points? Uh,
0: points <laughs> we'll will do. Points. <laughs> we'll go with points. I won't <laughs> <laughs> <might> be greedy. <laughs> All right, uh, I think we'll wrap it up there. Uh, lots to talk about. Finally, a little bit of joy to be had, and um, maybe something to look forward to if we can go, if we can win on Friday night and go to two three. Suddenly, that uh, doom and gloom picture around about quarter time last Saturday will be a distant memory. So, until next week. Uh, Thanks for joining us, Shandog.
3: No, thank you, everyone. Book your tickets for the grand final. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually see one of our one of our posters talking about top four. Now that we're starting, <laughs> <laughs> I saw that and I
2: thought, I'm just going to let them be happy. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. We turn somersaults and all that. Is that, right? Is that what we're doing? Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, thanks, HBF. Good night, everybody. And and thanks, Maybe. Would you say goodbye to all your fans out there, Maybe?
2: Oh, bye, everybody. Speak yeah. to you next week.
0: Uh, so just <laughs> that'll keep them going. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Go, Blue Wise.